five, four, three, two, one. The players are here, the fans are here, and so are we, so let's do it. It's ABL Shoot Around with Chuck Schreiner and Scott McKinnon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shoot Around. Chuck Schreiner here with Scotty McKinnon. Now, we are uh, big fans of basketball, specifically the ABL, the Ocean Basketball League, especially this time of year, because it is playoff time, folks, along with the NBA, CBA, and other leagues that we'll be talking about a little bit later. I've been commentating on sports now for a number of years, too many I don't even want to talk about. And Scotty, well, he brings an extremely high basketball IQ from his time as both a coach and a player to the party. So this is our podcast. We do all the Singapore Slingers home games and have fallen in love with the league and the Slingers. So that brings up uh, to brings us to the end of the season. And we would like to focus on the playoffs, specifically, Scotty, the semifinal action and what led to that between the Singapore Slingers and the Hong Kong Eastern team. Yeah, and you said it right, Chuck. We're going to do a review, kind of uh, talk about what we think happened in the Singapore Slingers-Hong Kong Eastern Series, and then we're going to do a little bit of a preview and see tell you, tell you what we think is going to happen in the second semifinal, which is the CLS Knights against the Mono Vampire. So, game one, Chuck, Singapore versus Hong Kong. Yeah, well, the preface to that, remember, Singapore came off that bruising series, that 2-1 series, just barely getting past the Macau Black Bears. In fact, April 7th, that 81-79 uh, victory uh, in the in the stands here at OCBC, fans spilling out of their seats. Uh, Emotional victory, uh, right? Oh, my God. Talk about grit. Uh, Coach MJ uh, had all the players at, at midcourt and uh, just celebrating. The game could have gone either way. It wasn't decided until the last minute or so. John Fields coming up huge in that game, too, as – did Xavier Alexander and, and the locals as well. We'll talk more about that. But uh, a, a different type of opponent now, the Hong Kong Eastern team, Scotty, and their route to the semifinals was a little bit different than the Slingers. Yeah, and, and Hong Kong finished seventh in the league, right? And and they were 13 on 13 in the year, I think. And they switched a, a, a multitude of different players. And so their big switch right before the break was replacing Sam DeGuara with Mike Holyfield and Odarian Bassett, right? So Ferguson left, Eric Ferguson left. They replaced the seven foot five from Malta. Yeah, Malta. Yeah, 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 yeah. All star there at Malta on their Olympic team. That's pretty crazy. And so they, 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 he's the biggest guy in the league. He was in the finals last year with Mono Vampire. That's a gutsy move to re- replace him with one game left in the regular season to replace him with Mike Holyfield and Odarian Bassett. But it worked for them and it changes their season. They looked unstoppable against Alab Filipinas. Yeah, they uh, swept through them 2 0. And Scotty, I know that you were, you're a big uh, follower of everything basketball in the Philippines due to your ties and your your time that you spent there. But what did you notice? What was the reason why Hong Kong was able to easily dispatch all of I mean, easily two zip. That's almost unheard of. Yeah, and, and I think it came down to two things. And I'm not trying to point fingers here, but I think it came down to the, them only having two imports. And anytime you have two world imports and one of them isn't producing the way you want and one of them isn't doing, isn't able to do stuff. And I, and, and I don't think it was a willingness not to be able to. I just think he couldn't. I think PJ yeah. Ramos could not defend a ball screen to save his life. And I think he wasn't mobile enough. I think moving that seven foot three body around, uh, I just think it was really hard for him. And, and Hong Kong exposed it over and over and over again. And if you, could you imagine if they had a guy like Justin Brownlee, right? A third import. So you have Ramos, you have Balkman. Now you have Brownlee. That's a totally different basketball team. And they finished second in the league. Like they, they were good. They had a great, an amazing season, regular season, but I think in the playoffs they they came up against a terrible matchup for them, a team with two explosive guards. 
They couldn't match up with them. Ramos had real troubles defending that ball screen. And all of a sudden, Darian Bassett was losing his mind in one chai, and, and the series was over for them. Yeah, and also, Bachman was a little bit nicked up. Yeah, well, he, well said. He suffered injuries of the yeah. last three or four games of the season. He wasn't really the player that we saw last year uh, in the quarterfinals when he just decimated Singapore. Took Dominant. the point guard position and could play Dominant. any position that you ask him from. So you had a team that uh, was going through a little bit of a transition, maybe not the best personnel decisions. And then, of course, the subsequent injuries to their best player uh, didn't help matter as much. Yeah. And so, but, but uh, Hong Kong, credit Hong Kong, they look great as well, right? Mixed up defenses, some half-court trapping, some zone, some man. And so they came out of that series with a ton of momentum going into game one against the Slingers who had a, a dogfight in a three-game series against Macau. Absolutely. That game uh, took place here at the OCBC Arena April 12th. You were there with the call. I was not. I was in Taipei doing something else. And uh, Scotty, uh, it was pretty much Singapore right from the get-go. Yeah, and it just came down to defense. Singapore was able to, sc- to defend that ball screen action. And I think what hurts Hong Kong a lot as well is they had 10 days off. They had 10 days off between that that big game two victory where they had all the momentum in the world. And they came into Singapore and faced a very good defensive basketball team who had bought into the philosophy of Coach Neo and Coach Johnson. They were disciplined. Their bigs were mobile. They hedged hard and were able to recover on Holyfield, rim running to the rim or rolling to the rim. Uh, they helped in the midline with, with, with uh, Delvin Go. So they put a big on the rim on the midline. So anytime Holyfield uh, rolled, he went straight into Delvin Go and they, their locals weren't as confident shooters as they were against Alab, and it just the, you could tell that the defensive pressure and the defensive discipline that Singapore had was on a different level compared to Alab. Yeah, and also, you know, talk is around the league, and we get a chance to talk to the players, uh, not just from Singapore, but from all around. And to a man, almost all of them said, you know, if we get in the playoffs, the team that we wouldn't mind playing, not that they relish playing that, but we wouldn't mind playing Singapore. Uh, Singapore, you know, a great defensive team. But uh, a lot of times players would say, you know, but uh, they have problems scoring. We feel if we can just hang with them uh, that we would have a good shot against them. But uh, sometimes you need to uh, wonder about what you wish for. Yeah, and that's funny, Chuck. We've, we've heard that so many times, uh, multiple times this year where players have interviewed with you, and I've heard them say that. I've heard coaches say that. Uh, Singapore, you know, they, they work hard. They're disciplined. They're they're a fun basketball team, but or they're, they're sorry, they're a committed basketball team, but they're just not that talented. Yeah. And you can see some of the imports for the other team really believe that, oh, we want to play Singapore in, in the quarters or we want to play Singapore in the, in the semis. And like you said, it hasn't come to fruition. Like Singapore has been fantastic so far in the playoffs. You know, the feeling is if you can stop Xavier Alexander, you can stop Singapore, but they are more than just a one-pronged uh, sort of offensive-defensive type team. Remember, they were number one in defense. They only allowed just a shade over 75 points a game. They, they scored 85 points a game. That is nothing to be ashamed of. But uh, anyway, they're a high-flying Hong Kong team coming off of a huge sweep of all of Filipino coming into the OCBC arena with a lot of confidence. Yeah, and they, they were smacked in the face when they got here. And especially, at, and he's a fantastic basketball player, but he had a tough go here, Darian Bassett. He, he had Xavier Alexander chasing him the length of the court. He was uh, face guarding him for, multi, for, for certain possessions. He was uh, going over top of the ball screen for multiple possessions. And you could just see that Odarian Bassett had lost his groove by the end of the game. And I think he was, what, 4-15 for 9 points or something like that, Yeah, 9-3-5, way below his 23.4, 23.5 points a game that he has put up uh, for uh, Hong Kong since he has come to the team, and uh, he's not the only one. Look at the numbers of, of Marcus Elliott now, formal MVP, a champion in his own right, as you said, 21-4-4. Four, and four. Now, that's nothing to sneeze at. We're not you know, degrading his performance at all, but really in a playoff situation with all the marbles on the table, you would expect Elliott to do a little bit better than that. Yeah, and he, he, he just he 
And we're, we're setting a high standard here because we, we've seen Marcus Elliott. We've seen him. He's a Singapore killer, right? He is the person who has hammered this team over and over and over and over again. And we saw it in the ABL finals in 2017. Yeah, I think yeah, so, yeah. He, he, he's, he's their nemesis, right? And to see him come in and struggle, and that was, that was different. And it kind of played towards Singapore's momentum and how they felt about themselves. And not only their momentum, but their confidence. Yeah, he had to move around with the ball a lot. He didn't get the catch-and-shoot opportunities that he likes to do. So uh, you force a player to move when they've got the ball and make him pick it off the floor. Sometimes their shooting percentages went down, and that was the case certainly with Elliott. Holyfield, though, was solid. 19 points, uh, 17 rebounds, Scotty. Yeah, and I think he is the perfect big for this league i think that people uh try and get too fancy sometimes and i think the management made a really good decision to pick up mike holyfield a big who can set a ball screen who can roll to the rim who knows his role who's not trying to shoot threes who's not trying to be fancy he's a bulldozer he offensive rebounds he defensive rebounds he rim protects to 2.9 blocks per game he does his job right he knows his role and he does his job and he doesn't try and be anything else that he is not so uh, I thought that was a great pickup by them, and, and it really changed their season and got them into the semifinals. Their locals didn't come forward uh, like oh. they, we, we used to see them do, especially against a lot of Filipinos when they were sharing the ball and hitting buckets from everywhere. A see win Chan, only six points. Uh, he'd been averaging up to that 11, 12 points a game, so they cut his production in half. And really, it was a beatdown by Singapore. They led by as many as 23 in the first half. Yeah, and you saw that the confidence in the, in the Singapore locals, and we'll talk about that in a sec, how well they played. Uh, you could see their confidence going up, and you could see the confidence in the, in the Hong Kong Eastern locals going down. And, and Ki Lee, the, the Hong Kong national team player, who was, who was lights out against Alab, had a real tough go, and he just didn't shoot the ball well. He couldn't get into a rhythm. You could see he was a little bit flustered for multiple times during the game and, and struggled with decision-making and good shots and bad shots. And that was a credit, again, to Singapore's defense. And I think just Singapore knows who they are. And, and I think that's their strength. They know they're a good defensive basketball team who's going to work hard, who's going to stick to their roles and not try and go outside of their strengths. And that's why they, they were successful in game number one. Yeah, they, I think you, you, you struck a chord right there, Scotty. My dog is agreeing for, with you. Bosco, shut up. Uh, out there uh xavier alexander delvin go uh ung han bin and these guys have been playing together for four years now of course now every year that they that a lot of times they'll rotate the uh the the, the foreigners uh, you know jaron young and john fields they're new to the game this year but besides that this is a team that as you said they know who they are scotty they've been playing together for a long time they're not going to back down with adversity and you know you can go ahead and say all you want to well this is a team we think we can beat singapore uh more times than not is going to prove you wrong and they uh-huh. did on that day as they go way winning this game Scotty 101 to 70 yeah and in the, in the last thing about that game that I'm going to say is, is Singapore shot the ball in and they are typically not a fantastic three-point shooting basketball team but I, I believe they had nine three-pointers and then they're 10 nine or ten at the end of the game and they came from a variety of different players Hanbin had two or three uh, Desmond O had one Larry Liu had two or three Jaron Young had a, a, a great second half once he got out of foul trouble and yeah, it wasn't a contest. The contest was over early in the first half. And so Singapore goes into game two, winning the first game by 30 and really asserting their dominance over top of Hong Kong. Yeah, Delvin Go just as a postscript to that. 15 points, nine boards for him. Ung Han Bin, nine points. Uh, 
Desmond O, sort of a, a guy that's lost on the score sheet. You look at it and say, well, you know, not much contribution there. He's playing 15, 20 minutes, but uh, where, where's the beef on that? Well, the beef is the way he plays defense, the way he rallies his team. He's been with this team since the inception. He is sort of the glue as far as the local players that holds the, the locals together. He rallies around them. Him and Alexander have stuff going with them also on the court. So uh, a great effort by Singapore in game one, but game two shifts over to Wan Chai. And a little bit different story, Scotty, for game two. Oh, Wan Chai Arena, the south South. Horn Stadium there is just a madhouse. The 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 stadium seating is really uh, the the angle is straight up, so the the people feel like you're on the court. They're loud, they're animated. They're it's a fantastic setting and crowd there, especially in the heart of Hong Kong City, right? Like that, it's it's right in the heart of where all the action happens, and you can see that kind of wildness and that kind of uh, energy enthusiasm enthusiasm comes flying out of those crowd and they really love their hong kong eastern it's the old part of uh, hong kong the old party uh, city wan chai uh, if you hark back to the 50s and 60s that's where all the action went on it, it's had its heyday but uh, a lot of renaissance there and 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 you know, basketball sort of exemplifies this. Singapore right away, Scotty, uh, didn't have that free and easy game going, although they did forge an 11-point lead to begin with behind Alexander and John Fields, who just seemed like a man possessed. Yeah, and if you look at those guys' numbers in, in game number two, Chuck, it, it's it's stupid. John Fields, 26 points, 11-21 from the field, uh, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, three blocks. He was all over the place, especially down the stretch in the end game. And then if you look at Xavier Alexander, 22 points, uh, 16 rebounds, 11 assists. That, 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 it just speaks to, to his MVP campaign that everyone in Singapore is talking about right now. And we sound like homers here, but we sound like homers because Singapore is playing well and winning. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Alexander holds a record in the ABL for the most triple doubles. He's got seven after that game. Of course, that happened in the playoff, but he was right near triple double uh, territory in game number one in Singapore, 16, 9, and 11. So averaging a triple double in, the, in, in those two games, that two game sweep ultimately. But uh, Singapore having some problems in the second half. Offense starting to break down. Marcus Elliott and company starting to hit some big shots. They go uh, go up by eight or nine points uh, with uh, not a whole lot of time uh, left on the clock. Not looking too good for Singapore going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and Marcus Elliott had a really nice rhythm going this game. He he is a tremendous basketball player, Chuck, and he is. You, you talk about the success that he's had in Hong Kong. He he wins the domestic uh, A one league and. 2017 or 2008 or yeah 2017 and then he comes over and wins the ABL and and this guy's just a great thing for Hong Kong basketball I really love his game I really love how smooth he is I really love how deliberate he is with his decisions um and he just kind of took them under his his wing because Odarian Bassett was struggling he's six Odarian Bassett was six of 23 from the field only 18 points but 23 shots is a ton of shots and his percentages were not very good. So it was, it was kind of the Marcus Elliott show, and, and he kind of forged that lead for Hong Kong and, and created their rhythm and their momentum. Meanwhile, the battle underneath was between Holyfield and Fields. Fields trying his best to keep Holyfield away from the basket. They felt that they can keep uh, Holyfield on the outside. Delvin Go could wheel and deal on the inside, and that would be uh, an advantage to Singapore. It didn't seem to work in that momentous third uh, quarter, however, where uh, Holyfield had his way with Fields. Yeah, and Holyfield, big, strong body, doesn't care, doesn't really care of the antics and the emotional play of John Fields. He he would, John Fields would talk smack, Holyfield would hit him down and pick him up. It was a really funny dynamic going on there, but um, 
Holyfield's a very good basketball player, and, and, and he played at Sam Houston State, which is a good conference over there, yeah, a very physical conference, and he just, he just does his job, and that's what I love about him. He's, like you said, blue-collar, uh, workhorse, not trying to be what he isn't, and that's why their team was successful at the end of the year, by picking up a guy like Mike Holyfield. He brings his lunch bucket to work. Lunch uh, bucket, that's what I was yeah. looking for. <laughs> Every game, uh, kind of like Watkins, we talked about him uh, a little bit earlier on our other podcast, so if you got a chance to listen to that, we were talking about the five import players uh, of the yep. season. Uh, but Holyfield and Fields going out. Now Fields having the last laugh in, in the fourth quarter, just dynamic, hitting shots from everywhere, just dagger after dagger. And uh, tries they might, might uh, uh, Scotty, uh, Hong Kong, just a little bit sh- on short uh, trying to come back and, and match Singapore in intensity and skill in that last period. Yeah, and the, the entertainer himself, John Fields, waits until the last big game moment, last three possessions of the game, or three three important possessions of the game. John Fields, one block, other end, Elbow jump shot, other end, block, end of the game, one second left, dunk. Probably not the most sportsmanlike thing in the world. Waves to the crowd, crowd loses their mind. But John Fields is walking into the finals as his first, te- first year with the team. They're back at the, in the finals waiting to see who he's going to play between CLS and Mono. Now, can't say enough about the imports in that second game. Also, Ung Han Bin and Larry Liu stepping up and hitting big shots down the stretch just when it looked like Hong Kong was going to come back and smack uh, Singapore around. It uh, didn't happen. Also, Delvin Go a force again. Not as much as he was in game number one, certainly not. Uh, was neutralized uh, through a lot of the game. But, uh, again, he didn't have to be the presence he he was because of the play of uh, John Fields. But, uh, man, what do you say, uh, the, the, the local guys, Desmond O, even a couple of uh, brilliant steals, uh, stepping, getting the hands in the passing lanes, going the other way, getting the transition uh, basketball going that Singapore loves to play in, 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 the, uh, in the full court uh, time and time again in Singapore, getting out there with an 80-73 to 73 win. Yeah, and I think we're, we're, we're allowed to, to talk about Singapore right now because they're the successful basketball team. And one of the big differences, like you said, Chuck, we're, we're the locals. And, Hanbin and Larry Liu, four or six from three in, the, in game number two there. You cannot say enough about those two guys and their ability to shoot the ball confidently. They're, you know they're shooters, right? And they're just stepping up and shooting the basketball with purpose, but also believing that it's going to go in. And Hanbin, Hanbin has a really cool story. He's kind of dedicated. This is his last season with, with uh, the Slingers, and he's dedicated to a boy named Nixon who he used to train and used to coach at a place in shot named, called Shot Zone in Singapore. And He's uh, he, Nixon passed away from cancer, and it's just cool to see the the passion that Hanman's kind of played with, and I believe it's kind of been inspired by this boy Nixon, who he had a really close and, and real relationship with. Serenaded by my dog Bosco in the background, <laughs> yes, Unhan Ben shaving his head in memoriam of Nixon, uh, and playing this season by his uh, by his standards uh, for this kid and and for his Singapore Singers team. So that does it. Singapore Singers walk away with a. Un, uh, a very surprising 2 nothing sweep very over Hong surprising. Kong Eastern. Again, uh, just like Macau, Singapore coming into that series as the underdog. Despite their number three seed, they've been the, the highest seed uh, in the tournament that is left. And each time they've uh, met a seed lower than them, they have come off as the underdogs. But uh, they've surprised everybody. And they are, uh, what, 4-1 and one in the last five games in playoff crunch time. Yeah, and so now we walk out, we move into uh, CLS versus Mono and, and who we think is going to win between that series and who the Singapore Slingers are going to face in the finals, Chuck. Okay, Scotty, that brings us up to the uh, other semifinal matchup between Mono Vampires and the CLS Knights from Indonesia. Both these teams are uh, coming off a thrilling uh, quarterfinal. Was, uh, CLS, a hard-fought 2-1 win over Saigon, although the last game a little bit of a blowaway, 68-56, but the in-between games, Saigon taking game number two, 82-80 at their home, CLS coming over the win 87-78 at their place in game one. 
Yeah, and and, and and CLS looked really good, and they looked really good at home. I I, I really think that Sarabaya advantage is going to come to play in, in every series that they compete in. And now going in, instead of having to play the number one seed, uh, they're going to get to play number eight seeds. They're going to have home home court advantage again, and they're going to have game number one and, and three, both in Sarabaya. And I think that's going to be a, a huge advantage for them, Chuck. And Coach Rousen uh, obviously has his uh, team uh, jacked up for that. Uh, again, he's a, a big believer in team sharing basketball. You can sort of tell by the uh, score lines. It, you know, if, if you look at all three games, really nobody. You know, you got Maxi Esho, uh, you've got you know Doug Herring, you got Jawada, who we already talked about. You know, you got Watkins, you got Wong Wei Long, so you got a plethora of stars that you can share the ball with. And uh, Rousen did a great job, especially in the playoffs, especially in that pivotal game three of sharing the ball and making sure they walked out of there with the W. Yeah, and Rousen, like we said, he just is a high basketball IQ, good game management. He really does a good job of managing the game and managing substitutions and, and play calling, whether it's a baseline on a bounce, sideline on a bounce, or whatever type of set that he wants to run. He does a really good job of feeling out the game and feeling out when it's time to get someone involved or get, uh, get someone else a touch. And so you can't say enough about Rousen and, and the CLS Knights going into the semifinal. Now, the stars for CLS, Maxi Esho, as we said, averaged over 23 points a game. In game three, in that winning game, held to 20 points, but nine boards, three assists. You look at Doug Herring, averaging 17.4 points a game. He led the league in assists, uh, nowhere near that uh, assist-wise in, in that last game. He scored 18, but only four assists. Jawado, well, we talked about him already. In fact, we gave him an award. Only seven points and seven boards. Uh, you know, uh, Kurniawan, another guy that they lean on, a, sort of a guard, extra guy off the bench that has a good shooting touch, three points. Uh, Daryl Watkins, he's a guy, he's the enforcer underneath the bench. He's a guy that's always uh, John Fields and him go back and forth. That'll be interesting to watch if the, both those teams get in the or if uh, CLS does happen to knock off Model Vampire in this round and get to the, the finals. But uh, he only had six points, Scotty, in, in that pivotal game, three and ten boards. Wong Wei Long, he did a typical Wong Wei Long game, ten points and a couple of big threes along the way. Yeah, guts. That kid has guts. That guy has guts. Sorry, that man has guts. He's, he's like you said, he's almost 31 now, right, Chuck? Yeah. That, that he can really play basketball, and he really plays basketball at the, the biggest moments. That's when he plays his best basketball, and it's fun to see him succeed when it matters. And he succeeds when it matters because he's not afraid to fail, and that's a, a, a consistent trait that he's shown since he was with the Slingers all the way through. Talk about that Surabaya effect, game 187-78. It wasn't really that close. Uh, some baskets scored by Saigon and trash time to make it uh, seem a little bit closer, but a nine-point bulge. That game two could have gone either way. Uh, Saigon was looking at a sweep. If they didn't step it up in the fourth quarter, last four minutes, they came to play, and uh, they got out of there with an 82-80 to 80 win. But uh, after all is said and done, uh, you know, the CLS showing their class, extending uh, Saigon's extending them to three games. But really, you sort of got the sense all along the series that uh, CLS was just one step ahead of Saigon, even though Saigon did have an amazing season. Rousen had his uh, guys peaking at at, at exactly the right time the number five seed comes through. Yeah, and Saigon, he can't say enough about them. Coach Kyle Julius, every year he's been there, they've improved. Got their first playoff win in franchise history this year. They have, they have just succeeded and done better every single year, so you can't say enough about them. But like you said, CLS, it seemed like they were going to win that series uh, going out right. And then when you talk about their opponent, Mono Vampire, Mono Vampire is scary, Chuck. And we've said this since day, day one. 
top six. I think their top six is the best top six in, in the league. Is that, and you've said that. Oh, I, oh. I stole, stole that from you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they don't have the deepest team in the league, but man, when they have all those five guys with that, you know, seven man, six man rotation clicking, they are very, very tough. They're, they're the team that everybody sort of told us that's the team that they did not want to play in the playoffs because even though they're the number eight seed, remember how they started that miserable start for them with that one and eight start. Uh, lost their head coach towards the end of the year, too, but it doesn't seem to matter. They haven't uh, skipped a beat at all, and here they are uh, on the cusp of maybe even making the finals so they can overcome this tough CLS team. Yeah, and I always thought the entire year, I thought talent, but they're not going to do it this year. And when they when they lost Douglas Marty, I was like, get out of here. There's no chance they're beating Formosa. And they go in and beat Formosa in Taiwan, where the the crowd is bananas, and they're missing Malcolm White. They're big the entire game for, from suspension. And they lost Tyler Lamb in the, in the fourth quarter. He didn't even play the entire fourth quarter. He's a world import. Uh, uh, he's not a world import, but he could be a world import if he wanted to. It was it just amazing. And they go back and win in Mono in, in, in Bangkok, which is a really nice place to play as well. And so they are scary. And with those guys, with, when you have Moses Morgan, Frederick Lish, you have Tyler Lamb, you have... Uh, um, uh, Malcolm White, the big in the middle. You have Romeo Travis, LeBron James, former team. And then you have the superstar of all superstars, Ms. Mr. Michael uh, Singletary. This is a very scary and talented basketball team. Well, I know all the word coming out of the Philippines is Mono Vampire. That is their hot favorite to win this whole thing. But they're going to have to go through this tough, tough CLS team. And, you know, we've talked about the, the blue-collar type of ethic that uh, CLS brings to the, to the floor. I mean, they're going to be sorely tested because Mono Vampire is so athletic, Scotty. You know, they can do things to you in, in the open court that no other team can, including Singapore, including uh, Ala Pilipinas. And then you talk about the half-court game when they're forced uh, down low and they have to make decisions and, uh, you know, throw ball screens and work off of that and, uh, you know, defend uh, even on, uh, on the low blocks uh, or outside. Uh, they help each other on defense a lot. And they, as you said, I think you, the best adjective is they are a scary, scary team. Yeah, and I wonder, these matchups are going to be funny. And because the Mono Vampire has the luxury of having someone like Tyler Lamb, if he's healthy, and that's the key, if he is healthy, he missed game number two in that series. He missed the fourth quarter, game number one, with a, I believe it's a pulled hammy. But he's had a lot of time to rest now. He's had two and a half weeks to, to rest now. And so if he is healthy, they are very tough because I think he can guard Herring. And if he can guard Herring, now your imports have a chance to protect the rim. They have a chance to get off of other imports. And now that whole dynamic changes. So I, I think this series is going to hinge on Tyler Lamb and his ability to, to play and play well, but also play healthy and be able to defend and attack on the offensive end. Yeah, I would think Mono feels fairly confident that they can handle Daryl Watkins down on the low post with the, with the personnel that they've got, the rotation that they can bring around him and sort of surround him uh, whenever he's got the ball and then attack him on the defensive end. Watkins has had the propensity to pick up fouls early and often. We saw that uh, when he played uh, Singapore. So uh, perhaps a slight advantage there for Mono Vampires when you talk about playing on the low post. Yeah, and... and- yeah, I agree. And, and, and Romeo Travis as well, right? Romeo Travis is big. And so does Romeo Travis guard Maxi Esso? I guess he has to, right? So Ma- Maxi Esso has that ability to step away from the rim. And Travis is up there in age now. He's 34 years old, just like LeBron James. He's not as quick as foot as he used to be. And so him guarding Esso on the, the wing or, or on the perimeter is going to be tough for him. But when you have guys like uh, Malcolm White sitting on the rim waiting for Esso to come through, I don't know, Chuck. I think I think this is going to be a really fun series, a very physical series, and I think it's going to be. Does talent 
win out or does consistency and coaching and discipline win out? And that's a really fun dynamic to play off of. Both these teams uh, are fairly good defensively. Uh, you're looking at the number three and number five defensive teams in the league. CLS, as we know with Coach Rousen, that you're going to get a tough defensive uh, effort every single game. Uh, what Rousen also likes to do with the personnel that he has, he knows that he doesn't probably go as deep as model vampires, so it'll be incumbent on him to spread out the floor, give Maxi Esho and guys a, a little bit of space in which to uh, operate. Doug Herring, you know, he won the assist championship. Can he find the cutters? Uh, and can he dribble, penetrate himself and, and give off uh, – or, or, or uh, slough the ball off to, to his teammates as they coalesce around him. And then on the other side of the ball, can Mono Vampire close that down? Can they form that wedge in the middle that will deny uh, you know, people like Maxi Escio and, and, and Herring a room in which to operate? Yeah, and, and, and the funny thing here is, and I think it's been an advantage to Mono, is, is so Mono wins the first two games, Tyler Lamb is down, he's out, he can't play basketball. And then they have two and a half weeks off. So, ABL, if you're out here listening, uh, I don't know what the scheduling was. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's arenas, whatever. But the first semifinal finishing and then the next semifinal takes another 10 days to finish. That it, it, that's a real tough – because that's going to be a, a tough layoff for the Slingers. And then it's going to be it's, – it's a real big advantage for Mono Vampire coming in, giving Tyler Lamb an opportunity to get healthy. And that's a huge layoff. The, 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 the series should be coinciding, right? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's a travesty to have it. You know, one uh, semifinals finished with the other one not even beginning. But I realize that there are things that are happening in the arenas. Maybe they've been booked for prior engagements a long time before that. I know the OCBC Arena is there's heavy traffic in there. Yeah, not just with basketball, but you've got volleyball, you've got concerts, you've got a plethora of things going on. I'm sure it's the same thing in the other arenas. But you would think with the, uh, you know, with the league getting prestige and everything like this, uh, it, it does lend a little bit of a suspicion to uh, well. You know, a team that you know, it's okay to have a few days off, but you know, a, a team like say the Slingers have worked so hard, and they seem to uh, they, they seem to come together when, when they when they got one uh, one goal after another coming at them, and then you give them a couple weeks off. Will they be the same sort of team? Will the locals uh, be as fresh as they were? Will they still have the same confidence that they built up in this uh, in, in the heat of battle? On the other side of the coin, uh, well, CLS and Mono Vampire beat each other to a, to a, almost a dead standstill, which which could happen. Uh, will they be standing and will Singapore just take advantage of them and pick them off easy? So it's tough depending on what side of the fence you're on. Uh, majority of coaches would rather, you know, play right through it uh, when you've got the momentum. Momentum is something, as you know, Scott, he's a coach and a player that uh, you can't turn on and off. It is not a water faucet. And uh, once it is off, it is off. So most coaches would want to continue playing. Yeah, Chuck, you can't fabricate momentum. And, and, and it's, it's, there has to be a reason, right? The ABL is on such an upward trajectory, like you said. There has to be a reason that they – they have not been able to schedule these games, but that's that's some feedback and something that they're going to have to look at from a critical point of view because it dramatically sets the variables uh, off for both teams. So when they come into the finals, there's going to be a different set of variables where these people have had to gone through or these players have had to go, go through because one team's going to come off a rest of almost be nearly ten, two weeks. Yeah, 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 almost two weeks, and the other team is going to be playing straight through, and so that's that's just not. It's not ideal, right? So they're going to have to t- look back on this as a league and figure out how they can progress forward. Okay, well, the million-dollar question. So we, we've talked about the virtues of both these teams, CLS Knights and Mono Vampire. You know, only one team's going to get out of this alive. And, uh, Scotty, uh, I know that may, we may differ here, but uh, who's your pick? Uh, I can't, uh, Chuck, the talent on Mono is just too much. I just cannot, even with the home court advantage going to the CLS Knights, even I love Rouse and I love what he's done with that program this year. I love 
how they've come together, uh, the talent is too much of Mono Vampire. And if Tyler Lamb is 85%, if he's 85%, no one's stopping that guy. And so I'm going to have to go with Mono Vampire. Just Moses Morgan, Frederick Lish, Romeo. I, I could name them all, right? Romeo Travis. It's just uh, Chantheth Sean. Uh, uh, I can't. Uh, I can't pronounce it right. I'm sorry. But the shooter, number 69, they're just... They're too good. And so I, I got Mono Vampire in three. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go the other route, uh, Scotty. Uh, I'm going to go CLS. I think my buddy Brian Ralston will have them up and ready to go. I think Maxi uh, We talked about the arena. I think that is a big advantage for CLS. I can't see Mono Vampire going in there two times and, and, and winning. Maybe once, maybe. I think it's going to be a, a three-game series. I do agree with you there, but I think CLS is going to have enough uh, defensive chops to, to, uh, to stop them. I think that they, they have a pedigree of their own. Granted, I, I also agree that Mono Vampire has the deepest six in the league. Sometimes it's your role players that have to step up. Sometimes it's coaching, the stuff that's happening on the bench, the plays that are called, uh, the momentum that you've got going with you. I think Maxi Eshu and, and, and Doug Herring and uh, Juwato and uh, Watkins and Wong Wei Lan still. He, this is a team that uh, he matches well against, unlike the Slingers. Model Vampires don't really have uh, the, uh, the defensive uh, prowess, let's say, some of these other teams do. I think that the fact that they had a hard-nosed series against Saigon plays in their favor. I think Model Vampires had a little bit easier time of it. I think I agree with you. I think Model Vampires are going to go in this series a hot favorite, but I still think after the dust clears, it's going to be CLS 2, Model Vampires 1. So you got CLS versus Slingers in the final. I got Mono versus the Slingers in the final. And... Um this is podcast number two. Yeah, it is. It is, Scotty. And I uh, hope all you fans out there. Now, uh, we can be contacted if you check us out on Instagram. If we check us out. We'll have our Twitter accounts going. Also, we like your feedback. Of course, uh, you know, without, without saying, uh, you know, we are the Singapore Slingers announcers. So any comments you can give us on our, our YouTube uh, page as well. We, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, so for us, uh, Scotty, you have anything else to say before we sign off? No, just like we love feedback. So positive, negative, exactly what Chuck said, whatever you guys want to hear or say, or maybe some, some topics you guys want to talk about, I uh, want us to talk about. We are very keen to listen and to, to progress forward. Okay, uh, podcast number two. We're going to put that to bed, and I'm going to put my dog Bosco out of the room <laughs> just as soon as possible. We apologize for any barks or yelps that you have. Probably the last few yelps are me trying to smack him down. But uh, that'll do it for podcast number two. Uh, for Scott McKinney, this is Chuck Schreiner. So long for now. For all you uh, people who have enjoyed or disliked Shoot Around, don't, do not hesitate to contact us via shootaround65 on Instagram or shootaround65.com. Please keep your feedback coming because we love you and let's get ready for the next time.